0: I will always just think that the kids are happening to me. (laughs) When really when really (laughs) it could very easily be the other way around and likely is. We are happening
1: to the kids in a pretty big way.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's record the intro now.
1: So what is Milkless. Because we
0: I think we start with a name. Two dads. We love our kids. But then we also need them to know that we're like pretty cool and it's not like a wimpy podcast. So hey. Hey! Hey! Milkless! Hey, welcome! Hey! Hey! Hey, Milkless! Call the audience, Milkless. What's up, Milkless? <laughs> Matt Max coming at you. What if that's it?
1: <laughs> that's our first take on this episode of the podcast. We're gonna be talking about the word "no." You saying it to your kid, them saying it to you. How do you navigate that conflict? You can't just make them do it. We're not savages. How do you get to a place where the no is okay? Or at least okay enough. This is one where Max and I both feel like we're in the middle of it. Sometimes it goes good.
0: Sometimes it's pretty rough. We're trying to get better. Here we go. All right, Matt, today we're talking about no. When your kids say no, when you say no, no all around. Let's start with a 2003 study that just shows us why we are working an uphill battle here. Two-year-olds have a yes bias. Three-year-olds are split. Four- to five-year-olds have a no bias on questions that are either comprehensible or incomprehensible. Even if they don't even know what the hell you're talking about, their response is going to be normally no. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> That's, it's, not, it's not nice. There's a lot they don't understand. <laughs> Let's start with a little hypothetical. So you're playing outside on the swing set. You're having a grand old time. You're, you're making a core memory at this point. <laughs> and you're looking at your kid and you're just like, things have never been better. And you're like, all right, bud, time to go to bed. And you just get a complete Jekyll and Hyde. No. They might as well have said, fuck you. And it's like, oh, okay. What do you do? You know
1: what it reminds me of? I'm dodging the question because the answer is I don't know exactly what you do, but we should definitely talk about it. (laughs) But what I always think of is, um, you remember that episode of The Sopranos? Their kids have just been shitheads to them all day. And then Tony and Carmela get in bed together and they're just like at a loss. And Tony goes, uh, once they figure out you can't hit them. You're screwed. <laughs> that's how I always feel in that moment. She's saying no. I'm not going to physically drag her in there. So ultimately, I have to get to a point where she wants to say yes. Right. But that's a tall order. And sometimes I just, I have that kind of patience for that kind of time.
0: Yeah, it's super hard. And we'll, we'll get into some of the studies we've done a ton of research on this just to make sure we we have the correct guidance from child psychologists and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of it's going to be dumbed down to. You know, being empathetic with the child, making sure you have time to understand their feelings. Because at the end of the day, it's like, you know that feeling. I mean, we talked about it on the episode of uh, Revenge Sleep Procrastination. When your wife or partner's like, yeah, go to bed. And you're like,
1: I don't want to. Yeah. Daddy wants to keep watching the show about helicopter rescue. Yeah. Well, and I'm a little brother. So on top of that, I get the classic, you are not the boss of me.
0: <laughs> right. So I had a rude awakening in doing some of this research that like- I'm empathetic in so many other ways. But when it's this sort of thing, when you get a hard no, especially after a great interaction with someone, it feels like a lack of respect and a lack of understanding that like, hey, bud, I thought we were on the same page here. Yeah. You know, but the problem that I fuck up on all the time, they don't need to be stoked about it. If they're upset and a little disappointed, that's okay. Okay. I'm horrible at that. Well, you're a pleaser. I mean, I I don't know that you're
1: a pleaser, because that kind of implies Well, I'm I'm like borderline toxically positivity. Well, wouldn't you say you need to be liked? I, I say I feel like I can accuse you of this because I feel like it's pretty true of myself.
0: Yeah, I feel like I one need to be liked. I don't like it when other people are upset. But two, personally, you know, maybe it's because like my parents got divorced and I'm like always like the peacemaker. I don't know. Like I just never get down. And my wife sometimes will rib me and say that I have like toxic positivity, but joking because <laughs> I don't think it's toxic.
1: Your positivity is fantastic.
0: But I just don't get down, but it's caused conflict with my with my partner as well as with some of my children, where I'm like, well, oh, I don't want you to comply if you're gonna be all grumpy about it. Right. That's not complying. When in actuality, what I've learned is That is compliance and that's life. Yeah. Being able to be disappointed.
1: You know, my daughter, one time I asked her to do something and she didn't want to do it. And then I explained why it needed to happen. And she goes, "Ugh, I will do it. But you have to let me say, oh, yeah, (laughs) and. It was cool. That was great. What she was communicating was that, like, I will do this, but do not, on top of that, expect me to be fucking psyched about it, because I don't want to. Right. What I think about in this equation, because you're right, I mean, the truth is, like, the way to handle it is probably actually not that complicated. What gets in the way is my immediate reaction to that hard no my need that I share with you a little bit for everybody to be fucking hunky-dory and to like me all the time, it's my shit. That there are things about the hard no that poke me in places that cause me to not react that well. Yeah. What do you think it is about on the hard no, out of the gate? Steam comes out of your ears, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's just disrespect? What, what do you think it is that makes your blood boil in that moment?
0: Well, because I'm, you know, living in my own little head. I'm thinking about my own shit. I'm thinking about how I'm like the cool dad and how I love my kids so much and I'm like playing with them so hard and then it feels like a slap in the face. Like I just did so much for you guys and then I get this. Yeah. When really it's like, uh, I can see it now. They're not following the thread of my emotional experience. Yeah. They're excited to be doing this really fun thing. Yeah. And they don't want to stop doing said fun thing with dad. And they're actually – being pro-dad by wanting to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a normal behavior.
1: There was one time where we were kind of having a conflict around me trying to tell her she needed to do something and her saying no. And she just says, you can't tell me what to do. And I, I've i never wanted to be an authoritarian parent. So I didn't just want to say, well, yes, I fucking can. But I did feel the need to express to her that like sometimes I need to be able to tell you what to do because you don't know everything yet. But I kind of kept going and I was like, and also like the amount of things that I do for you to try to make your life better earns me the privilege of telling you what to do a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know if that computes or if that's like a good thing to communicate to her, but I think that that's what drives you up the wall in the moment is
0: like, how dare you say no to me? I think it comes down to a lot of things we talk about, like, especially like going back to the very beginning of the podcast about the anger episode. A lot of it is just like having your shit together to maybe do the right thing. Because maybe we have the some of the tools. Like another tool I'll use when I'm patient is uh, just a lot of empathy for them, but then also letting them see my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, guys, why am I trying to say this? Because you just want us to go to bed. I'm like, why? Because you want us to have good sleep for tomorrow. So I, let, I make them kind of tell me the thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is this making you sad and upset? They're like, yeah. I'm like, D- do I want to make you sad and upset? They're like, No. So then it, it just, one, it takes all the energy out of the situation. So it's not so fraught and they start to see that empathy. God. But
1: the first thing you said, taking the energy out of that, the equation, because if they say no and your energy immediately goes like up, because yeah. they like, no matter how hard you're trying to hide that you're mad, or even if you don't say anything, they they can like sense it through the back of their head. They're like, I can feel dad's face right now. And probably when the energy goes up like that, it everything instantly gets harder.
0: Yeah, 100%. In, in some of the research we found, Elizabeth Sylvester, PhD, calls it the absolute no is what you need to do. So a lot of times we say no with our words, but we say yes with our energy and our body and they get all excited, mm-hmm. especially younger kids, even older kids, 8, 9, 10. If you're yelling no and you've been maybe busy at work all day. And then the first sort of major high energy interaction with your kid is a major no. In the grand scheme of things, that feels like a positive yes experience. You're getting a lot of attention, a lot of energy. Yeah. So when you do need to say no, because we'll talk about it maybe later on this episode, there are times where you do need to say no. It's like, yeah, don't be a fucking asshole about it. But when you do need to say no about running into the street, about it's bedtime now, about, you know, we need to get out of the bath. It's, you've been in there for two and a half hours and your dick's going to fall off. (laughs) Like (laughs) that can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I mean, it's basically when you have to say no, say it like super low energy, almost like with a poker hand, like, okay, no, we got to get out of the bath now. No, I gave you the five minute morning.
1: Because the alternative that is more like get out of the tub is yes vibes. Right. What does she call it? Like the universal no, the, the
0: absolute no.
1: Which is kind of a fun thing to say out loud too. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have candy?
0: Absolute no. Yeah, it's an absolute no.
1: You know, it's funny. We we went into this episode talking about do we talk about when your kids say no to you, and then when you say no to your kids. But I think you kind of spotted this coming. Like it's it's almost the same moment. Typically, it's just a moment
0: of conflict. Yeah, it's a it's a standoff where it's you're like, like you a need Mexican to get, standoff. Yeah, you need to get out of the bath. No. I'm going to stay in. No, this bathtub is not big enough for the two of us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fucking
0: A. The thing is, it's not about changing the feelings and keeping them happy, which is my biggest F up is I like expect the kids to like stop crying or like be- to want to do it. Yeah, they're allowed to be upset about it. And and not just upset about it. See
1: here. Okay, so here's a hard distinction. Because I, I'm totally on board with they don't need to be happy about it. And I run into that same thing where I'm like, do it with a smile on your face. But I do think that, that her being upset about some limit I've said or something I've said no to, often her takes the form of saying something to me that's intentionally kind of shitty. We do get into conflict sometimes, not so much because I'm like, you got to be happy about it more because I'm just like, quit being an asshole to me. like This just has to happen. Yeah. You don't get to talk to me that way just because you don't like what's going on.
0: Yeah. I'll throw in a little bit of empathy, you know, awareness in there. Like, how do you think that makes me feel, man? Like, that uh, kind of hurts my feelings. Like, we've been playing all day. I'm like so excited to play with my son or daughter. Like, I love you so much. And then you say something like that, kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. And I'm, I'm, I think that's okay. I'm not like shaming them.
1: But like there's a little stink on it of like I just love you so much and then you talk to me this way.
0: It's a veiled, it's a veiled shame,
1: I guess. I don't say that to be critical of you. I think I do oh, yeah. exactly that kind of thing. I think it's just there are these like touchy gray areas where, yeah, I do think you want them to know that, that like that doesn't make you feel good. But also sometimes if she's just shitty to me, like if she's just really an asshole on purpose – I feel like if I'm training her for the way the world works, my response is like, that makes me mad when you talk to me that way. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's like, I I
0: think that works. Yeah. Cause like, you don't want to like lose it on your kid, but if you are feeling anger, you need them to know that. Yeah. Maybe you do your off-gassing thing. Like, Hey, listen, I just want you to know, like, I'm getting pretty upset right now. And I'm just like, I'm trying not to get mad, but like, I'm feeling really frustrated and upset because yeah. I'm just the person that's trying to get my kid to, to go to bed. It's hurting my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me give you one more of my techniques. And then, so I think all my my shit's out there. I really try to like think about the next thing that's going to be fun. I used to, just, I started doing this when I was in fifth grade. I'd wake up and I'd say, what am I excited about today? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are going to be exciting? Because like, you're so tired and you're like, I just want to go back to sleep. What are the things you almost like? Have to trick your ape brain. So what I've tried to do sometimes, if the kids won't come in, is I'll also be like, I totally get it. Like I want to keep doing that too. But we can go downstairs and we can like read a book and you try to get it exciting. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that's correct because I'm almost doing like a bribery or trying to trick them into no, it. No,
1: I think you're just hyping up the next thing. I mean, I think transitions are tough for kids yeah. because they're so present that like if my daughter's in the tub first of all, it's hard to get her in the tub and then it's hard to get her out of the tub, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just that like it's a little bit of a pain in the ass and it's cold for a second when you get out. And because they're so present, it's hard for them to not weigh that really heavily against, but then I'll get to eat my favorite dinner, but that's in five minutes. Right. The five minutes between now and then are going to suck. And what I'm doing right now feels good. So that's just kind of helping them develop that like forward-looking future thinking. I think that's good. Yeah, I You know, a weird... Tip that I have found that's worked that is another thing that my daughter kind of told me is sometimes she just needs any win. Yeah. Like if we're headed towards bed and she's made a few requests that are just like the ones you have to say no to, like, Dad, can I have, you want to watch a show? And it's like seven minutes till bedtime. It's like, no, 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 no. And then at a certain point, you just see it kind of building. And when I really figured this out, she wanted me to sing this song for her at bed. And it was a song that I knew. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll sing that song. And then she was like, I want you to look at the words on your phone. And I was like, well, I know it. I don't need to look at the words on my phone. Are you going to look at my phone? She's like, no, I just want you to read it from my phone. I was like, baby, it'll sound the same. I know all the words. And she finally goes, I just, we've been doing everything you say, and I need us to do something I say. (laughs) And it was so honest.
0: That is like a proverb, like Confucius, like that would answer half of the world's problems.
1: It was so funny. And it was even an acknowledgement of the moment. that, like, I know this doesn't make a lick of fucking sense, but here's here's what I need to happen. And so I, I have found that when I can find a win, like in there, something that I can say yes to, or even make a suggestion that then can feel like it's her idea, or I know something she'll like and say yes to that. Because you have to, like, kids get told no a lot. Right. It's got to suck.
0: Yeah. It's got to suck. This actually reminds me of something else I uh, read in the research is a lot of the, the child development specialists are saying, like, it's a learned behavior. So I have I reflected a little bit about, especially when I'm a little turbo or upset or tired, like, if they ask something totally ludicrous, it's very hard to not just be like, no. Yeah. But I I do think, like, while we did say it's very important to, to say no to your kids, I meant it more in the, like, you have to have a backbone. You have to have limits and boundaries for your children. But I think that it's not ideal to start a lot of sentences with no, unless they're running out into traffic.
1: Right. Yeah. One classic tip. And this is true of humans. It's true of like how you train dogs. Just always say, why don't you do this instead? Yeah. Usually if they're doing something, they're trying to meet some kind of need they have.
0: Right. And also a lot of the guidance is like not to use negative language or positive language. Like, hey, can I have a a juice at dinner if you're not going to do that? It's like, oh, we're having water. Mm -hmm. So it's like positive or you provide choice. Do you want water or sparkling water if you do that? Yeah. And if your kids drink that I didn't as a kid.
1: Yeah. No.
0: My kids like it.
1: They do. My daughter says it's spicy.
0: Yeah. We call it spicy water. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. I mean but just think about like like especially when you've had a bad day. How many times do you say the word no to your kids? Yeah. And here's the other thing is like, can you say yes more? And I love boundaries, but you know, sometimes you get into a bad, you know, feedback loop where you're just kind of pissed off or tired. And you're just saying no to everything.
1: Well, and if you're in a spot where you've had a lot of conflict with your kid lately, then you both kind of are like, well, I don't really feel like doing you any favors right now, frankly. A little spicy. You know, and they feel the way too. I can almost guarantee you the no's from me and from my daughter are directly proportional. They rise and fall yeah. as one. <laughs> the more nose she's getting from me, the more I'm getting from her. And, you know, my perception is, Always like God, she's been really difficult lately, getting a lot of nose. But when I look back on it, it's never just one of us. It is like we always get to that spot together.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, like it's it's usually that hour before dinner for us.
1: Fuck that hour, God.
0: That's where like I want to drink the most is like <laughs> the hour before dinner. I have no like urge for drinking before that or after that. It's between the hours of five and six. Yeah. Where I just like, it's it's hard. You're tired from the workday. You know, you want to be there with your kids. Dinner's approaching, whether you're participating in the cooking or not. You know, there's usually some sort of mail or bills or something. You know, there's something going on. Yeah. I'll go in where like, I want to play with the kids. And then this is sometimes they're like, dad, can you do this? Can you do that? And if I don't, if I'm out of gas or I'm trying to achieve something, it's like, no. It's a bunch of no. Like, no guys. No guys. No, I can't. No. And then when they're trying to do stuff – can I get the race car track out and set it up? And it's like, no, no guys, no. And it's just, it turns into a cycle of no. A lot of it's got to have to do with
1: fatigue. Cause like the examples you were just giving, the reason the answer is no, is that it would make my life harder. Like I just can't make my life any harder right now. Right. Like when you feel overtaxed, because- Yeah, you could probably always say yes more. But sometimes the answer is no. And I had this conversation with my daughter the other day. She asked me to do something that was really high energy and I was tired and it'd been a long day and we'd been doing stuff all day together. And she was like, do this. And I was like, no, baby, I'm sorry. And she goes, why not? I don't, I really don't want to. Yeah. And she was like, that's a terrible reason. And I was like, baby, that's a great reason. Yeah. You have to have that for yourself. But when you're overtaxed, that's the choice you're making so much of the time. And then it builds up and then you start getting the no back.
0: Yeah, that's a hard thing. It's like, it, I think your analogy of saying it, they rise and fall together is just so true. And instead of like, I will always just think that the kids are happening to me. <laughs> when, really, <laughs> when really, it could very easily be the other way around and likely is. We are happening to the kids in a pretty big way. <laughs> when I'm really tired and I'm saying no to them a lot. Those are the nights where they say no about bedtime. Yeah. It's one, learned behavior, because dad's been saying no all night. But two, it's because they're probably seeking love and attention, because they're like, they didn't get their dad cup filled up that night. Yeah. And they no, I don't want to go to bed, because I still want a roughhouse with you and get that, that QT in. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Me too. Another thing that I run
1: into that makes this complicated is I remember as a kid having somebody say no to me. Asking why and getting an answer that I thought was not a very good answer and being really pissed off about it. And so I have always, with my daughter, wanted to give her a chance to like make her case. Mm, I like this. And if I think she makes a good case, or sometimes when she's like, You didn't understand what I was asking for, I was asking for was this. And so I'm like, Oh shit, okay. I just assumed the worst. I'm sorry. Yes, you can do that. Fair enough. And so I I do think that like sometimes she calls me out when I am getting a little bit like selfish. Yeah. But then she's going to plead her case every motherfucking time.
0: Yeah. Uh, The kids need to be heard because sometimes when I know exactly what my kids are going to say, I will cut them off uh, and basically scream no in their face. Yeah. And sometimes you get it wrong. But let's say I always get it right. It's still fucked up. It's still fucked up. Yeah. My older son will now like defend himself and get kind of upset, but he's he's being brave. And he's like, you're not letting me speak. Mm. You're cutting me off. Mm. How do you even know what I'm going to say? And it's like, I know what he's going to fucking say, but he's right. Do you say that to him? <laughs> Every word that comes out of your mouth. I know. Cameron you are, dude. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, you definitely need to let them plead their case. But at the same time, it's like- you make a great point. You don't want to make it like every fucking thing is open for negotiation. Yeah. It's like bedtime is bedtime, guys. Yeah. Because, you know, if you got another thing at bedtime where they're like, oh, one more thing. And it's like. Oh, that's my fucking life. Yeah. As you're leaving. Oh, one more thing. Yeah.
1: Can you crack the door? And it's like... I have actually tried to explain in plus one to my daughter. None of these plus ones taken by themselves is unacceptable.
0: They are approaching infinity. At some point, I have to say no. The limit as questions approach infinity (laughs) provides the asymptote of me losing my fucking shit. That's really
1: worked for me to put it in those terms for. (laughs) Uh, But A couple of things. There are a couple of things that have kind of helped me with this. One is... And again, all of these things are things that work when our parallel no quotient is at a low tide.
0: Tide goes in, tide goes out.
1: When when the tide is high, very little works. And like really what you got to work on is the tide. But when the tide is low, a couple of things that that have been helpful for me. One is if I say no or I say we got to go do this and she wants to plead her case – Sometimes what I'll say is like, I'll explain it to you, but I'd like to explain it to you while we're doing it because we definitely need to do it. Mm -hmm. Or in more safety related cases, because there were times when she'd like start doing something that I thought was dangerous. So I'd be like, stop. And she would continue doing it while she was like, why? And that makes you scared and then really mad. Mm -hmm. And so with those, I was like, if I say stop, like that, you stop immediately and then you can ask me why. Yeah. And then the other one that was fucking great and it worked for a while. And I think it's because the tide was low and the tide's been a lot higher lately. And so it lost its juice. Was there were times when I, if I knew, like if it was a safety thing or something that I just knew was impossible, yeah. I would just say, hard no, baby. And she knew that meant like, there's no getting out of this one. And then I would explain it to her. But the hard no is like, we're not in an argument here. I'm just now explaining to you why these these are the facts.
0: I think that's really good too, because drawing the distinction between different no's is important. And I read it in one of the uh, child psychologists' uh, guidance on this is like, do all of your no's sound the same as a parent, whether it's like very serious or something very benign or small? Having hard no, I think, is really, really smart. And to, to one of your previous points about something that's like actually say, you know dangerous, I will kind of let myself, and sometimes it's just you react before you think about it, I'll scream at the kids like if they're running into traffic or something and I'm holding their hand. Because saving that, first of all, it's just my gut reaction. Yeah, I'm not sure that's even a choice. Right. I'll, I'll say, you know, sorry for screaming, but like you really scared me and I was trying to make sure you heard me yeah. to not whatever. Like, I feel like, have you ever had a young child put their hand out in a door as it's closing <laughs>
1: God, in the
0: hinge side, the hinge side? Time slows down in that moment. I'll scream so loud.
1: Yeah. That's just evolution, man. That's just, that's apesville. And the truth is like, it probably scares them, but also they're apes that need to learn about that. Yeah. And so it'll register like things that are actually really dangerous. I think that's fine.
0: Oh, I have a, I have a pro tip for young kids saying no. That I got, it actually helps foster language development. Give it to me. I don't know if this is good, but this worked with all three of our kids. Right when kids learn how to say no. What was that for your kids? Was it like two-ish? Yeah, two-ish. But also, even when they're learning to speak, I'm even going to go, like if a kid like screams like, ah!
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our 14 month olds. she has a very clear, ah!
0: Yeah. And she has a hard no. Also, it's very annoying when kids are constantly like, ah! And you know they have 25 words. Yeah, yeah. And they're just grunting. It's because you respond to the grunt. So this is is mind-numbing. And my wife, I don't think, has the patience for this. But if a kid goes like, (laughs) I'll be like, can you say more? Ask him to say more first. And then they'll say, Uh more. I'd rather them scream more at me than, same thing with no. If I say, do you want any, anybody want any more dinner? No. From like a two-year-old. It's like, oh, can we say no thanks? Mm -hmm. If they don't do it, I'll just keep asking. Mm-hmm. Can you say? Can you say no thanks?
1: <laughs> like a
0: fucking sociopath. Yeah. Can you say? Can you say no thanks? He <laughs> say no thanks. I'll just keep oh saying it. He say no thanks. One
1: of your kids is gonna be like forty-five years old at a restaurant. And hear a mother at the next table say that, and like run screaming out of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's like it's kind of the, it's the first step towards teaching them to just ask nicely for things, right? Which continues for a long time. Like,
0: get me a cheese stick. I'll just be like, oh, can you ask nice? No. It's like, well, then you're not getting a fucking cheese stick. I won't say it that way, but I'll just be like, oh, can, can you just say, hey, Dad, can you grab me one? And then the minute they do. I will jump up and sometimes pretend to be a servant. Oh, sure thing, surely. I would love to grab you a cheese stick. <laughs> and I'll like run over there and get one. And it's like a big fun thing. Yeah. If they're being grumpy and assholes to me, I'll try to stay chill and just like, I won't do it.
1: Uh-huh. See, that's a place where like I, with my daughter, have always gone to humor. Yeah. Like, I, how much you say that to someone who you love and respect and owe so much to? <laughs> and, and I get the eye roll because she knows it's coming now. Yeah. Probably your way is better. Probably my way elicits a lot more like, thanks, dad. And your way actually gets somewhere. Or maybe you're traumatizing them by repeating things over and over like a robot. I'm
0: definitely traumatizing, but I'm also Pavlovian dogging them. <laughs> Look, you yell at me. I'm not gonna get it for you. You ask politely, I will fucking lose my mind. Yeah. And what we also say is instead of please, I'm like, you don't just say please to me. Just ask politely. Say, hey dad, is there any way you can grab me a cheese stick? So is there any way? Is like our non please, like polite way to say something. You know what they say now? Hey dad, like, can we please go there? Anyway, anyway, is there any way? Is there any way, anyway, 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 <laughs> anyway? So anyway has become <laughs> Please, 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 please. Our daughter will literally say please
1: for an awkwardly long time. Please, 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 please. Pa pa la 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 e e e. It's just like, baby, I know where we're going with this, yeah. and I know that when you're done saying please, I have to say no. So please stop. Um, I think that this is so just fundamental to relationships that like you bump into each other. And sometimes you want different things. Like when my daughter has fights with friends of hers or friend groups of hers, it's almost always because they want to do different things. Yeah. They want to be together, but they want to do different things. And I always tell her, just wait till you're married, baby. Yeah. That's what life is. (laughs) Um, But ultimately, you have to reach an agreement because you're not going to physically force anybody. You don't want to scare them into it. So ultimately, you have to get to a place Where in that moment, the relationship is such that they'll do something that they don't really want to do without being too rude to you. And you have to be in a place where when they ask you for something, your first thought is yes. I think that's the key. When I'm not in a good place, like before my daughter even finishes the question, my first instinct is no. And when we are, My first instinct is like, how can I make this work? Yeah. And when your relationship
0: is there, everything else gets easier. I think it's all about awareness. It keeps coming back to it. And that's why I love that we do this effing podcast. I feel like I'm going to be better at this. I don't think I was aware of the, the no factor. Yeah. I know when I'm nagging them and I'm on them. I can feel I'm actively being an asshole. But when I'm being a brick wall, a high tide no man. Yeah. I didn't notice that before. And it's just hard to appreciate how much they have to hear it
1: and how often limits have to be set on them and how often things are not up to them. Like, I think that most of us as adults, if we were living the life of a kid, would be pretty frustrated a lot of the time and have an instinct to rebel sometimes and to really question why we didn't get things we wanted more. One last thing. I read this in this book called uh, Parenting from the Inside Out, or I listened to it. And this is something Caitlin talked about too when we did the, from Big Time Adulting, when we we did our episode with her. Mm -hmm. There's this concept that you're you're always going through ruptures and repairs Mm -hmm. with your kids, especially, but in every relationship in your life, when you bump up against each other, those are a part of every relationship and you don't have to get them right all the time to be in a good relationship. And this is helpful for me. And I think maybe we share this that whether it's that we need to be liked or that we need the people around us to be happy, whatever it is, it is hard for us to see our kids be unhappy with something we've done.
0: Right.
1: What he outlines in this book is in kind of breaking down the different kinds of rupture and repair. He says the most common and the most healthy kind of rupture is a limit setting rupture and it is inevitable and it has to happen quite frequently and you will not always get it right, Mm -hmm. but there's a real purpose they are learning the rules of everything and they will chafe at that, but that's supposed to happen. And just seeing it as something that is supposed to happen, and even their frustration is something that's supposed to happen, helps me not get worked up by the fact that they're having a tough time and, and therefore handle it better myself.
0: That is so brilliant because there's never been a time, even when I stay calm, I, I can nail that. What I'm not good at is when they are all mad at me after. I cannot handle that they're upset. Mm-hmm. I'm all over them, like, either asking, like, why are you upset, bud? What do you have? This is what happens. Like, what's going on? Dad loves you so much. And do, 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 It's like, love me, love me. It's like, what <laughs> the yeah, fuck? I know. I know. So that's what I learned big time on this episode is, like, I learned it bigly. <laughs> <laughs> that like, That, like, I got to just let them go through it. This is all normal. That's huge for me. And I'm fucking stoked that I learned that. That's awesome. And it just doesn't mean you do anything wrong. One what, what other like admission of guilt. Yesterday, our kids were playing chess before breakfast. It's like, oh, we got to go to school. You don't have your clothes on. You haven't eaten. And I, we had to go back and forth, a little negotiation. It was normal. And then the oldest kid was like, fine. And he walked away. And I said back to him, well, if you're going to be all grumpy at me, I don't even want you to do it. Go back. Play the chess. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. Like, like what? I've said, just replace like a noun and an adjective. I've said exactly that.
0: So is that really just my own shit? Yeah, dude. Oh man.
1: This is what I'm always saying. I don't think that the majority of the errors I make as a parent are because I don't know what the right thing to do would be or have the right tactics. But I
0: didn't have this tactic. But I this didn't is, know that.
1: But this isn't a tactic. This is like, I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, tactics are extremely helpful and they're like tricks that work and things that you can learn about how to empathize with the kinder moment or what a kid really needs or where they are developmentally. But I think equally important to all of that is trying to understand what is going on in yourself and what you're bringing to a situation. My version of that is when we start to get in a fight. And I feel like a little fracture between us. I can't stop scratching the itch. And so our fight just gets bigger and bigger. And really what I ought to do is be like, okay, we're pissed at each other. Let me just take a breath. But I'm like, fix it, fix it, fix it. And then it just goes through the roof. And I think that's about me and that it's harder for me than it probably
0: ought to be in those moments of schism. Exactly. Have you ever done this where you put your foot down on a boundary that needs to happen? Kid is grumpy. You can't deal with it. And you, like, start to, like, try to make them laugh or tickle them so they start laughing and love you again. Yeah, fucking hell. And I'm like, ah, see? Oh, I see. You're good. And then 50% of the time they stay happy and you snap them out of it for your own fucking shit. Yeah. Or the minute they stop laughing, then they go right
1: back. And like what you're really robbing them of the like catharsis of their full emotional experience <laughs> just because it's yeah. making you uncomfortable. Oh God. Uh, I had an interesting experience. There was a time when I handled it right. And the reason I handled it right was because I didn't involve a conflict. But so I was at this party and my daughter had a helium balloon and the party was outside and she'd kept it the whole fucking party. And as we were leaving, it like slipped. And it was one of those things where it's like three inches above my hands, but it was just gone forever. Yeah. Party full of adults. And my daughter just fucking burst into tears. And I realized like, this is just super sad. And all I should do is just hug her. Yeah. But like one after another, all these other adults at the party came up and it was like, we'll get you a new balloon. Or like, there's always more balloons. And they just like, couldn't let her be, it was just hard for them to watch a little
0: kid be so devastated in front of them. I would totally have done what the other parents did. It's okay, bud. It's okay. That happens. It's okay. Like, we'll get you another one. Your
1: big feelings make my feelings uncomfortable. And I just like, ha, 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 it's okay. <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh, I have that impulse in a big way when I feel like I am the cause of, of those bad feelings, even when I feel like I'm the necessary cause because it is one of those kind of like appropriate limit setting moments.
0: Wow. I think that I've metamorphosized or learned the most on this episode, personally, just it's a huge thing that I was not letting the kids experience discomfort or sadness. Let's do something fun. Like, uh, misdirection.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, because like one of the things that I think makes you unique among all of my friends in my life is how positive you are. And it's it's something that I really fucking respect. And, and it is a reason that I like that we have regular interaction. Because when you were like, when I wake up and don't get out of bed, I just think about all the most exciting parts about the day. You say that, and I'm like, that's the most functional fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. I think about my failures. Yeah. And I think most people do, kind of. So some of it may be coming from a good impulse of like, you have lived your life in an extremely positive way. And out of it, you have gotten immense professional satisfaction, success, and a really great marriage and three cool kids.
0: Yeah. But also I think that I can, there's a beautiful middle ground that I'm going to try to find where I can let the kids be upset and not like have to drown them in learning how to be positive. I almost frantically Mm -hmm. was trying to, Not wanting them to feel pain or sadness, I guess. Yeah,
1: there is the part of it that is the parental instinct to not want your kids to feel sad. And that's the purest thing there is. But it's like, what else is in there? Is it my discomfort with that big an emotion? Is it that when she's that sad, I feel like I'm a bad dad? What about me is something that's not fully resolved or is something that I need to work on that that is inflaming in that moment so that that need to fix, fix, fix quick, that that need that I have supersedes probably what would be best for my kid.
0: I'd say it was 80% my own shit. If, if they're grumpy about it for an hour that they couldn't play chess, that's where maybe I, will, I should step in and try to coach a little bit. But uh, similar to our episode on kids' fears, your job is not to solve your kids' fears for them. Yeah. If I'm always solving their discomfort, they're not going to learn how to work through it at school.
1: Yeah. And I've always had this kind of weird theory, theory is not the right word, but the way that I envision like a person's emotional life is like a ball. Mm -hmm. And I think it expands and contracts only as a sphere. Mm -hmm. You don't get more of one thing without getting more of the other. What I have wanted from life always is like really fucking rich joy, really hardcore sadness. Mm -hmm. I just want a big emotional life. And I think that like part of that is being able to feel big sad.
0: Wow, I could could learn a lot about that too.
1: I think maybe we're good influences on each other, man. Because I think you're unflinchingly positive. When I'm at my best, I really am too. But I don't spend as much time thinking about the great things in my life as you do. And I really should.